my name is Martin Tell, and I'm the director of music here. And at the organ right now is Michael Gittens. He's our uh, choral associate here, and we're so glad to have him here today. Uh, he comes uh, when we are worshiping daily here. He's here at least two times a week uh, helping us to lead worship. And we are going to sing a song for you now. The text is probably familiar, At the Name of Jesus, Every Knee Shall Bow. But this is an, an arrangement by Michael Gittens, uh, who will be at the piano now, uh, more in a gospel style. So we will sing for you, At the Name of Jesus. We are going to use three books in worship today. Just make sure your calisthenics are good. So you'll find them all in front of you. We've, been, we've used the red book. We're going to go back to it now. Just take a visual look at the other books. This is what we worship here with in, at Miller Chapel. We will at uh, one point use the blue book. And that blue book is all the, all the psalms, many different ways to sing the psalms. We'll sing that in worship. And then uh, we will also use the tan hymnal, which is our African-American heritage hymnal which has many songs from uh, the black church tradition, but also many gospel hymns from um, the American landscape. So uh, those are the hymnals we'll be using. Uh, we call them the red, blue, and the tan, and you'll find those designations in your liturgy. 
back to the red hymnal, and we're going to sing a song now from Argentina, number 391. And let's just, we're going to sing the refrain uh, in Spanish. Everything else we'll do in English. I'll let you know about that in just one second. But this is a song, Pablo Sosa picked this up from the fields, um, traditional gaucho calling from uh, one end of the field to the other. It's easier to hear a voice when it sings high than when you just shout. And so these gauchos would yell these things, turn to the left, sheep to the right, and they'll just So um, why don't we let you sing the notes for me? We'll go to English. Won't that be nice? Uh, all this text. Um, we will sing the first half of each verse for you. Then I'll turn around and ask you to respond. It's a very simple melody.
Praise the Lord. <laughs> this is a day that the Lord has made. You are all the good Presbyterians. <laughs> we want, my name is Brian McCullum, and I am the Director of Alumni Relations. And we would like to thank and welcome all of you all to coming to the 2017 Princeton Theological Seminary Reunion. Uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to the class of 1967, who is celebrating their 50th anniversary. Woo! And we also like to welcome uh, today the class of 2017, who will be graduating on Saturday. Thank you. <laughs> We're excited to have you all here. You know, it takes so many uh, people to uh, bring this reunion together. Uh, so many different departments, so many uh, different campus partners. Uh, and we just want to thank you all. We are humbled and we just so thankful for having colleagues uh, just to help uh, to just bring everything together. We have really uh, utilized just about every area of the seminary to bring this together. So we just really uh, have a sense of gratitude in, in helping everyone to bring this together for this moment today. I'd also like to uh, thank a uh, special group of engaged alumni who we call the, uh, the AAEC, the uh, Alumni Association Executive Council, who help us maintain our relationships around the world. You all uh, work tire tireless hours um, and just hard work throughout the year in helping us bring this together. So I'd like to thank you as well. Um, and finally, I just want to make a quick note that following this service, we will have a uh, distinguished alumni plenary uh, in Stewart 6 starts at 3 o'clock. Uh, so please, please, uh, once we're done uh, having this opening worship, please uh, join us over at Stewart 6. And I'd like to add a word of welcome to Brian's. My name is Jan Ammon, and I have the privilege of serving this community as minister of the chapel. And I'd like to just welcome you back to Miller Chapel for worship. Singing doesn't sound better any place than this. It's wonderful. So Amen. thank you for participating in worship. We know this, is, this chapel is a sacred space for many of you over the years. This is a place where you've come to pray, to make decisions, to wonder, to worry with the world at different times. So we're really glad that you're back here for worship. And um, let us now join our hearts in preparation for worship with the opening sentences from Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless the name of the Lord. Proclaim God's salvation from day to day. Declare God's glory among the nations and God's wonders among all people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea thunder and all that is in it. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then shall all the trees of the wood shout for joy. For, for great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Amen. We invite you to stand as you're able and join in our next hymn, which comes from the Blue Book, um, number 148A. 
Brian had mentioned the class of 2017, and I would like to invite the members of the class of 2017 to stand. I know you're there, come on. words I'd like to say. Um, all of you, you're in a season, season of transition and we want to take a moment to acknowledge that season of transition that you're in. We also want to thank you for your presence in this seminary community for this past year or two years or three years or more. We are a better community because you have been in our midst. Amen. We have benefited from your wonderful spirits and your great gifts. And we love you and we will miss you here. We have been blessed by you. And we know that you will go and be a blessing now in other places. So we wrap you with our love and our prayers. We just express our gratitude to you in this season of transition because we know you'll now go to enter into new communities. And one of the communities that you will transition into is that of being a seminary alum. A seminary... <laughs> Praise God. The alumni of the seminary will be your friends, they'll be your companions, and they will be your confidants. We, we know that you will be a blessing to them, and we pray that they will be a blessing to you. And as you transition, we want to send you forth wrapped up in words of prayer. May we pray. Gracious and almighty God, we come to you bowed heads and humble hearts, knowing that you are Alpha and that you are Omega. We thank you for everything that you are, God. We pray right now your hand upon these graduates. We ask that the Holy Spirit continue to challenge them in their thinking. We, we ask that the Holy Spirit continue to stretch them in their growth, and we ask that the Holy Spirit continue to reform them in their thinking and their worship and their spiritual life. God, continue to move them in places where there is darkness. Allow them to be the salt of the earth. Allow them to use the tools that they have gotten at Princeton Seminary to build your kingdom more. We ask, God, that you be a light unto their path and a lamp unto their feet, God, and guide them in a way that is pleasing in your sight. And if there's anything that we've done, said, or thought about today that is not pleasing to you, God, we ask for forgiveness for even on our best day. When we've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, we are still sinners saved by your son. So continue to walk with them, talk with them, reform them, tabernacle with them. All these things we ask in the matchless name of the one who came, who had no sin, who became our sin, so that we can become the righteousness of God, Jesus the Christ. All those who love the Lord say amen. Amen.
we invite you now to sing our prayer for illumination. It's the simple song, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. And we will sing it all in English, and then we will sing it a second time. And if you look on the facing page, uh, you'll find other languages in which we can sing this. And maybe you know this simple uh, song in another language, your native uh, language. We invite uh, you to a Pentecost moment of singing in many different languages, Spirit of the Living God, first in English and then in another language. I want to begin by adding my words of welcome to our alums. It's wonderful to have you back on campus. The seminary family is made up of many members. We have faculty and students and administrators and staff and trustees and donors, but no part of the family is more important to us than our alums. You are in fact the embodiment of our mission and when you return home from fields of service in God's kingdom, it encourages us so much as we seek to be faithful in our mission of training the next generation of Christian leaders. So welcome home. A place that will always be your home. It's good to have you back. 
Our scripture lesson comes to us today from Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 6. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bethnia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we've gathered here to place our lives in front of your open word, asking you'll do what can only be done by your spirit, which is to carry this word deep into our hearts. We ask it in the name of the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, amen. On this 500th anniversary of the Reformation, we are focusing many of our events at Reunion on what does it mean to be a part of a Reformed church that is always being Reformed. I think this always being Reformed part applies not only to the church, but to every one of our lives as well. Certainly our notion of calling is always being Reformed by the Spirit. And sometimes that is a very confusing process. But we can take comfort in knowing that according to our text today, even the Apostle Paul was at times confused about exactly what the Spirit was calling him to do. I love this text. This text takes place during Paul's second missionary journey. He's traveling with his companions Silas and Luke and Timothy. The purpose of this journey was to visit the churches of Antioch of Pisidia and Derbe and Lystra that had been founded by Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey. After they visited those churches, they then wanted to go south, down into an area that's now modern Turkey, perhaps to visit the cities of Ephesus and Colossae. But we are told that the Spirit prevented them from going south. We don't know how the Spirit did that. Maybe God just said, no, stop going that direction. Or maybe the road washed out. Archaeologists have found a road called the Via Sebasti that actually went this exact direction, down south towards Ephesus, and through their digs, they knew that this road washed out often. This is how God directs us. Sometimes with the still, small voice of the Spirit that whispers in our ear, and sometimes by washing out the road that we are on. Now, this is not how we prefer to be directed. <laughs> what we would prefer is that God just give us the goal and then suggest a few good routes to take to get to that goal, kind of like a celestial Google Maps with the right road highlighted so we know we'll get there. 
But that's not been my experience, and it's not been the apostles' experience of how God leads. You know, how God leads is by preferring to go with us on the journey. And often along the way, God's only direction is no. You're not going this way anymore. Sometimes the road that you're on just washes out. Sometimes the job that you were interviewing for goes to somebody else. Sometimes the date you're on goes south in a hurry without you. It's all God's way of saying, stop moving in this direction. But that doesn't mean stop moving. No, if you can't go south, go north. Don't get overly spiritual about it. Just move a different direction. <laughs> if you don't get one job, apply for another. If one treatment for your disease doesn't work, try another. But you have got to stay on the move because God is a God who's moving and insists on moving along with you on the journey. All that you know sometimes is where you're not going. South is out. So the missionaries humbly turned their face to the north. They wanted to go up to Bithynia, which was up by the Black Sea. But the text tells us that the Spirit prevented them from moving north. All right, this is where this gets fascinating. They have come from the east. They tried to go south, and the Spirit said no. Then they tried to go north, and the Spirit said no. So I'm imagining that at this point, the Apostle Paul comes back to his traveling companions and says, okay, now I am clear about the will of God. We're going west. <laughs> it is all that is left. Again, this is somehow, sometimes the way that we are directed by roads that are closed off to us. And so you have to get used to hearing no on any journey with God. You don't have to understand the no. You don't have to agree with the no. You certainly don't have to like the no. But you got to hear it because it's often the way that we are directed. It's easier to get confused along the way and to live with that confusion when you remember that it's not your job to get your life to the right place. That's God's job. Your job, my job, is to pay attention to this sacred traveling companion who goes with us. Because the more we do that, the more reformation we experience in our lives, which is the real mission you have. And frankly, Sometimes it's much easier to draw closer to God when you are confused. Sometimes we pray better after running into the closed road than we do on the open road. And wherever it is that you are praying more profoundly and more deeply and therefore experiencing more of God's reformation in your life, that is the right road to be on. Don't worry about where it leads. If God wants to turn you around, he'll close the road. Just worry about faithfully attending to this one who travels with you.
God can use the wrong roads to get you to the right place. God, God owns all the roads anyway. So worry more about the traveling companion than the road. During my many years in pastoral leadership in a church, I found that often when my parishioners were facing difficult choices, they would, for understandable reasons, want to come and talk to one of their pastors about that. And they would lay out their choices in front of me, and I was always struck by how blessed these people are to have so many wonderful choices. They could either stay home with their children or go back to work. Well, that's a wonderful choice. They could either keep the job they have or quit that job and get another one, which is fine. Quit your job and get another one. Just don't expect it to make you happy. For that, you better attend to the person who's on the road with you. So they, they could make a move, and uh, they could move. I, can, I have to make a choice. I have a job in Chicago and a job in Houston. Chicago, Houston, pastor, pray with me. Chicago or Houston, and so I pray with them about this. And at the end of the hour, they then look at me and say, but you didn't tell me Chicago or Houston. <laughs> Which city does God want me to go to? And with as much spiritual profundity as I can muster up, I say, I don't know. <laughs> it's at this point that people figure out why pastoral counseling is free. How could I know? <laughs> Here's what I do know. I know that God was not up all night saying, I hope she picks Chicago. Because if she picks Houston, I can't help her there. <clears throat> all the roads belong to God. And in the words of the psalmist David, and all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and righteousness. I know that one too. I'm confident about that. That God's will is that we attend to the holy, steadfast love and righteousness on whatever road we find ourselves. And in knowing that love, then making that love known to anyone else we find along the way. I know that's our call also. I think we need to develop a profound theology of plan B. Theology goes like this. I thought I was supposed to do plan A. I was wrong. Now I need plan B. This is not a particularly sophisticated theology, but it works in my life. You, you would be amazed at how many times people in the biblical drama are going to plan B. But if you look it up, you'll find it there over and over again. Abraham's plan A was to pass Sarah off as his sister. Moses' plan A was to rescue the Hebrews by killing the Egyptian taskmaster. David's plan A was to be a shepherd. 
Ruth's plan A was to settle down to a quiet life in Moab with her first husband. Peter's plan A was to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. Paul's plan A was to evangelize the Jews. All of them had to go to plan B, but along the way in their confusion, they drew close to God. They learned to worship and they experienced more reformation in their lives as a result of the worship, which was God's plan A all along. Now, some of you may be up to plan X or Y or <laughs> Z. That's all right. Go to double letters if you have to. <laughs> but you have got to get off the hook for being right all the time with these choices. That's called hubris, and it's one of the deadlier sins. There is a wonderful epilogue to this story. As they were confused there in Troas, it was then, finally, that a vision came from God, a vision of a man in Macedonia inviting the apostles to come into Europe. And then, Luke says, we were certain about the will of God. And from Europe, the gospel then made its way the backs of missionaries to every corner of the world, including this corner, and to Princeton, and to wherever it is that you are serving in the Lord's fields today. And it's all because a few missionaries kept moving even when they were confused. Confused about the road. Confused about where it would lead. But never confused about the God of steadfast love and righteousness who traveled with them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let us pray. Gracious God, you know all things. You know our hearts, our minds, and our call. Your Son, Jesus Christ, commanded us to follow him, and we have answered yes. Often, we can feel as blind as Paul. We go where the Holy Spirit guides us, but at times, the path may be confusing 
and frightening, our planned way may be washed out. We may have to go the long way to get from east to west to north and south, but you are with us and know our destination. Be with us as we answer our calls. Help us to remember you are there with us. In these tumultuous times, reveal yourself to those across the globe who are in need of your strength and guidance. Be with our leaders so that they may promote a more just and safe world. Help our communities to be witness to your words. Our way may appear crooked, but you are there, O oh God. Be with us this week as we celebrate the Princeton Seminary family. Remind us of how we got here, how you got us through here, and how you, will, you remained with us after our time since graduation. Let us keep moving. Help us to find the right path and walk with you as we go from plan A to plan B to plan Z. You help us feel your presence with the words that were given to us so long ago. Let's now join together saying the ecumenical version of this ancient prayer as printed in your bulletin. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
I remind you that the plenary pre uh, presentation will be made at 3 o'clock in a few minutes. We encourage you to move directly over to Stuart Hall. Then at 5.30 this afternoon, my wife Dawn and I will look forward to receiving you at Springville. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We pass the peace of Christ to those around you.